to the High Praises Church podcast. We hope you are blessed by today's sermon. This morning I'm going to uh, be reading from James chapter 4 verses 7 through 10. It says, therefore submit to God, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Lament and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. Amen. Let's pray together. Lord, I love you. I thank you so much for this opportunity to share the gospel in your house with your people. And for all that we've been able to celebrate this morning, we celebrate Jesus and all that you've done in our lives. I pray that in the next few minutes that you would just do something great in the lives of everyone who's here. And Lord, I've prayed so many times. I want to leave here changed today. Me. I want you to change me from the inside out. Lord, I pray that you'll do that for each and every person here. We give you this time in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Well, I'm going to share a message with you today simply titled, Draw Near to God. And when when Pastor asked me to share the message today, I was was thankful. I I was grateful for the opportunity, so I accepted and the very next thing I said was, I'm going to preach 12 minutes, and then I'm going to go play me down on the piano. Because <laughs> we always joke about the 12-minute sermon when Pastor Chris was a youth pastor. His senior pastor, Bobby Johnson, would preach 12 minutes and say, have him play me down. So you might get 12 minutes out of me this morning. We'll see. But in all seriousness, I don't plan on preaching long. What I feel impressed to do is to leave you with a few simple thoughts some challenges, really, that, can, that you can get a hold of and begin to implement in your life in the days and weeks to come. And I'm, with the grace of God, going to implement them into my life. Now, my wife gets um, irritated with me because I don't act very serious most of the time. It's just not my, my way. Uh, no, <laughs> In fact, the other day, we were walking through Sam's. Now, this was not the first Sam's trip where I was sniffing the little downy balls on Facebook this is the second Sam's trip where I was trying to behave, but Sam's is dangerous for me. It's a dangerous place because it's so overstimulating. And there's so many things that can get me in trouble. But I was trying to act normal. And I just so quietly followed Lindsay through the aisles, minding my own business, when all of a sudden I made one wrong move and I knocked over the entire display of probiotics. And all of a sudden, four people run to where I was and start picking up probiotics, and I'm trying to help. And, and I made it so much worse when I said, oh, this is so much worse than the time I pulled the child mannequin off the shelf at Old Navy. <laughs> I don't think the workers were very amused. But um, Lindsay wasn't amused either. She was in the corner uh, taking pictures of the whole debacle. But as goofy and lighthearted as I am uh, from day to day, Whenever I get an opportunity to preach, it seems like I always have a serious message. And a few summers ago, you may remember, I preached about hell. And then a year or so ago, I preached about the thorn in your side and how the pain, maybe sometimes it won't go away. And today I'm going to preach about drawing near to God. So this is a serious message, but it's a practical message. And the text today comes from the book of James. James was the half-brother of Jesus, and he was a pillar of the early church. And he wrote this book to the general church rather than to a specific church like some of his contemporaries. He drew heavily upon the teachings of Jesus and the Old Testament book of Proverbs 
And the book of James contains a lot of wisdom for living a godly Christian life. In fact, I heard somebody say one time that they read the book, they read the book of James every month along with their daily scripture reading because the principles in James are so easy to understand and follow. So this, pas- this passage from James has always been one of my favorites. Many times I've quoted the verse, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. But in these few, few verses, there's actually a lot more to digest. I have come to look at this passage as a series of actions and promises. There are some actions for you to take and some promises that result. And the first statement of this passage, the first action, if you will, is submit to God. Submit to God. Amen. Submission is the action or fact of accepting or yielding to a superior force or to the will or the authority of another person. It sounds so simple, so direct, right? Well, Charles Spurgeon said, it is perhaps one of the hardest struggles of the Christian life to learn this sentence. Not unto us, not unto us, but unto thy name be the glory. It's so hard for us to submit ourselves to God in total. You know, one day a a six-year-old little girl and a four-year-old little boy, her brother, were sitting together during church. The little boy was giggling and singing and talking out loud the whole time. Finally, the sister had enough. And she, um, the, uh, oh, she said, (laughs) ha, ha. She said, you're not supposed to talk out loud in church. Evidently, they weren't in a Pentecostal church. (laughs) Why? Who's going to stop me, the little boy asked. And the little girl pointed back to the back of the church and said, do you see those men standing back there by the door? They're hushers. (laughs) They're hushers. Now, this is a a funny example, but isn't that how we are? Isn't that how we are? We want everybody else to listen to us, but the last thing we want to do is submit. But in this passage tells us in order to submit, in order to draw near to God, we have to lay aside our will. We have to set aside our desires for God's desires. Romans 12, chapter 1 says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And as believers, it is our spiritual duty, and it is a spiritual act to submit to God. It's like a holy sacrifice and an act of worship. We have to submit ourselves to God. And the next action in this passage is simply resist the devil. In John 10.10, Jesus says, The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. But I have come that they may have life and they may have it more abundantly. When I went to Bible college the first time, right out of high school, I wasn't a theology major, so I would just sit back and listen to all the theology majors talk about all the things they were learning. And I heard some of my Bible scholar friends discussing uh, the, the devil 
And one friend said he learned that the devil really wasn't a real person or a real being. He was just the personification of evil in the Bible, meaning all the references to the devil were just really talking about evil generally, but they were assigned human traits just for our understanding. But I don't believe that. I believe there is a real, live devil, Satan, the enemy of our soul, and he isn't just a little red troll carrying around a pitchfork. He isn't somebody to be mocked. The devil is powerful, and he wants to kill you. But guess what? Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Amen? You don't have to be scared of the devil. But when you resist the devil, here's that promise I was talking about. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. We don't want to give any place or opportunity to the devil. We want to put on the whole armor of God, like it says in Ephesians, and be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. So we've talked about submitting to God. We've talked about resisting the devil. And then we want to talk about drawing near to God. And then he will draw near to you. So that's the action. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. In Jeremiah Chapter 29, verses 12 through 13. The Lord says to the Israelites, Then you will call upon me and go pray to me, and I will listen to you, and you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. Now, even though this is an Old Testament passage, it's a reminder that you can search for God. You can pray to him, and he hears you. He wants you to find him. God is accessible to you. Amen? He is accessible to you, not in a flippant or a disrespectful way, but in a holy, loving way. God is here, and all you have to do is cry out to him, and he will draw near to you. Amen? Have you found that to be true in your life? Amen. Me too. And this is where I always ended the passage. I always recited this verse, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. And it's so positive and so encouraging. And I think anybody can get on board with this. No problem. Not a problem at all. Yes, Pastor Billy, I can get on board with that. But then you read a little further and there are a few things we have to deal with. The next thing we do after we submit to God and resist the devil and draw near to God is we have to deal with sin. So here's the serious part. It says, cleanse your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. Lament and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Now this isn't exactly as quite, quite as light and encouraging as the previous verse. Lament and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom? When I read this passage initially, I thought this doesn't fit at all. Most of the passage is just so positive. And then James tells us to lament and to mourn and to weep. These are sad words. Worst of all, it says to turn your laughter into mourning and your joy to gloom. So naturally, I was confused. And I began to dig a bit deeper. And what I discovered is that James wasn't talking about 
a holy laughter, not putting aside a holy laughter or a godly joy. He was addressing temporary laughter and passing joy that comes from indulging in worldly desires and falling prey to the schemes of the devil. That's what he's saying, set those things aside. And a few weeks ago, I shared some of my testimony with you that I'd never shared publicly before. I talked about a season of my life when I fell, and I began to hang out with the wrong crowd. I started doing the wrong things, and I got addicted to alcohol and went to parties and made bad decisions and basically failed out of school. And I got in a lot of trouble and nearly sacrificed my future for the temporary passing enjoyment of the present moment. This is the kind of laughter and joy that James was addressing. This is the joy he was referring to, not the laughter and joy that lasts, but the laughter and joy that come as a part of living a worldly life. I cannot in good conscience tell you that I never had fun doing the wrong thing. That's just part of our human nature. Sometimes we have fun doing the things we shouldn't or sneak in that thing we shouldn't or go into that place we shouldn't go. There were times when sin was fun, when worldliness was enjoyable. It feels so good to just follow the crowd and do what everybody else is doing sometimes. But all of that is temporary. It's all temporary. So if you want to draw close to God, you have to put off the temporary. And you have to put off the enjoyment and the fun of the moment and become so averse to sin that the thought of sinning actually makes you weep in the presence of God. And then you can truly draw near to God. Amen? Amen. Amen. Jesus said, blessed are you who weep now, for you shall laugh. And then he issued a stark warning, woe to you who laugh now, for you shall mourn and weep. So he's saying we have to take life seriously now, and later we're going to enter into all the joy and all the fun and all the anything you can imagine later with him in eternity. I don't know about you, but I would rather weep now and mourn now over sin and worldliness and live a life that's pleasing to God and get to laugh and enjoy and be in the presence of God for eternity. Amen? Do you agree with me? Amen. Then James writes, cleanse your hands, purify your heart, humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord. And I just want to say, if you find yourself far from God today, I have good news for you. I have awesome news for you. You see, the other part of my testimony is that I didn't stay in sin. I didn't give in to addiction and partying and getting in trouble and throw my hands up and say, oh, well, that's just how it is or that's just how I am. No, not at all. I had a moment and really several moments where I prayed and asked God to forgive me from my sins. And I'm so glad to say that he did. He forgave me. In fact, there are many times when I mess up and, and I sin. I, I, maybe I say something I wish I hadn't said or I do something I wish I hadn't done. And I have to pray and ask God to forgive me. But one of my favorite scriptures is in 
1 John chapter 1, verse 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Amen? You don't have to be stuck in your sin. Your sin is not the end of the story. All you have to do is confess your sins, and, and he will cleanse us. He will forgive you of your sins. And finally, there's one more action we must do, and I'm, I'm kind of getting close to a close, so I guess I did a little better than 12 minutes. <laughs> but I'm getting close. We must humble ourselves in the sight of the Lord. You see, you can ask God to forgive you, and then you humble yourself before God. Asking for forgiveness is an act of humility. It's bowing your will to his will. And I truly believe that humility is the key to God's favor. When you take the emphasis off of you and your desires, and you place it on God and his desires, when you prefer others above yourself and you're willing to serve others and celebrate the accomplishment of others, then the final promise of this passage of Scripture is activated. The Lord will lift you up. When you humble yourself before God, he will lift you up. Stand with me, if you will. So we began by talking about submitting to God, then why it is important to resist the devil. We talked about drawing near to God and dealing with any sin in our lives, and we talked about humbling ourselves before God. And when we do those things, God will lift us up, and his favor will be upon our lives. Many times I've heard Pastor Chris talk about taking a chance with God. And if there's one thing I want to leave you with today, it's a desire to take a chance with God by taking the steps we talked about in James chapter 4, verses 7 through 10. What does it look like for you to take a chance with God this morning? Perhaps you need to submit to him by placing your faith in Jesus Christ for the very first time. Or maybe you need to submit to him by rededicating your life to Christ this morning. Is there an area of sin in your life that you need to confess? Today, you can resist the devil by the power of the Holy Spirit, and he will flee. Repent of your sin, and God will forgive you, and he will hear you today. You might say, Pastor Billy, I've given my life to Jesus. I'm not participating in any open sin. I'm doing okay. Well, then I would encourage you to draw near to God today. Spend more time reading the Bible and being changed by God's word. Spend more time in prayer. Tithe and give and do something kind for someone else. Humble yourself before God and let him lift you up this morning. Amen. Will you take a chance with God today? Will you step out of your comfort zone and draw near, near to him this morning. I just want us to take a moment to reflect on these words and just close our eyes and get in the spirit of prayer this morning. Just think about what you want God to do in your life or what you want 
God to change in your life? Or how can you draw near to him? How can you submit to him? How can you take a chance with him this morning? And I'm going to pray for you. We're going to sing this little chorus that just says there's nothing better than you. And I believe the Holy Spirit is going to touch your life this morning. And in the, the coming days and weeks and months, you can live better. You can live better when you draw near to God. Lord, we love you. And thank you so much this morning. Thank you for your word, God. Because this simple word is so powerful. So powerful. We can draw near to you. But we have to submit to you. And we have to resist the, the enemy. And we have to humble ourselves before you, God. I just pray that somebody this morning who's, whose heart is being touched will just submit themselves to God. Submit themselves to you. Submit themselves to Jesus. Turn their life over to his control. Rededicate their life to his control. That this morning, God, you're going to do something great. We praise you for it, Lord, and we thank you. It's in Jesus' name. Thanks for listening. Be sure to join us Sunday mornings. Our service times are 9 o'clock and 1045. For more information, please visit us at highpraises.org.